Welcome to Enlightenment of Change with Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Here's Connie. Welcome to Enlightenment of Change on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know every week that you join, my guests and I, uh, I'm just excited to have you here and to join us. So here's the deal. I love giving things away. So to help you on your journey of change, yikes, right? When we hear that word change, in the show notes, you'll find my communication style assessment, two reports. The first report you get will spotlight just your natural communication superpowers, how your message typically lands with the other humans that you're speaking with. Flip side, your lowest scored, Usually it's a blind spot and it, it will spotlight how your message is being received by people who have kind of 180 degrees, a uh, different way of communicating. That to me is more important than your superpowers. So again, that link is in the show notes, my gift to you. Now to set the stage for the topic of today with my guests, the motivational quote I chose is by Jason Reynolds and Jason says, be not afraid of discomfort. If you can't put yourself into a situation where you're uncomfortable, then you will never grow. You will never change and you'll never learn. So it's crazy to think that growth happens at the edge of our comfort zone, right? Where we start to get uncomfortable. Stretching uh, like a rubber band is truly the only way that we can do more with less effort and actually get those better results. So without change, thus the name of the show, right? Results will never happen. So to me, that's a scary thought. So if we don't embrace change or or make ourselves uncomfortable, we stagnate and we start living a life by default, not a life that we actually choose. So I think this is one of the reasons I love hosting the show, because my guests and I, we get to discuss ways for all of us to grow and change, hopefully with a little bit more ease and grace. So who is my amazing guest today, you may ask? His name is Jeffrey K. Rod- Jefferson K. Rogers. Jefferson is the founder and CEO of JFK Windows. Um, in its first five years, uh, his company exceeded $45 million in revenue and is approaching 100 employees. Jefferson has achieved success after overcoming um, a two-decade-long struggle with alcoholism and addiction, a journey that he candidly shares on his podcast, in interviews, and on Instagram. He constantly pushes himself to learn new things, living where discomfort meets growth. Jefferson is also a sought-after business advisor advisor and speaker, a winning physique and motocross competitor, a trained pilot, and a successful real estate investor. You've made me exhausted already, Jefferson. So thanks for coming on the show. I'm happy to have you. That was a great intro, Connie. Thank you so much for having me. Me too. I'm I'm just so happy you're here. Um, This, I think, is the crux of change. Getting into that comfort zone and just pushing the boundaries, um, sometimes greater than we like. But if we don't challenge ourselves every day, I feel like we lose some ground, right? Especially as the world around us changes so, so darn quickly. I agree with you. We've all heard that if you're not growing, you're dying. And I take that pretty seriously for myself. No, no kidding. Yeah, for real. So for, my first question is, what inspired you to write all in, and I'm doing air quotes for those listening on Apple or Spotify, and what kept you motivated through that whole writing process? Because that was new for you, right? The whole writing thing was like a new adventure. It sure is. Yep. And it was a long process for me. I had a message. I'd been encouraged to share it, and I felt like I had an obligation to share it after that 
you know, just continually came up through conversations and through my mentors and coaches and the people that I was now being able to share my story with that, you know, it was, it was a story worth telling and people needed to hear it. And I encourage other people to do the same. You know, not everybody's going to write a book because it is a pain in the butt. But, Amen. We, you know, we've got this obligation. We've all got our unique stories that we can share that help other people that are in very similar places understand that there is, there's hope for them. And I was at some pretty rough places in my life, and I've been able to overcome and apply a lot of the things that you believe in through change and discomfort and putting myself in difficult situations to level up over a, a relatively short period of time. And I was also inspired by reading a book of somebody who had overcame similar challenges. And I've got my own unique story, and I wanted to have a, a similar impact on people's lives, that even if it was only one person or a handful of people that read this book and they're inspired to go change their life and manufacture change and adjust the way that they think about things and believe that there's more possible for them, it will have been worth all the, the effort that I put into putting this book together. You know, and, and what through pain, I think sometimes we really do find that silver lining, but you have to go through. And in your case, it sounds you went through a lot, right? So some have to go through more than others, but at, at the end of that, where are you landing and how can you use that experience to change the world? And it sounds like that's what, exactly what you did. So kudos to you. That's not an Thank easy you. undertaking, not only to write the book. But to be vulnerable enough, right, for people that know you to put this into black and white on paper, mm-hmm. you know, that that's got to give you a pause when you first, you know, everybody can saying, right, right. And but, you know, you got to think about that. That's pretty darn vulnerable. So talk about change, right? Being in your discomfort. Um, that's remarkable, I think. So I commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah. And it wasn't always easy because I've <laughs> been, you know, I, I dealt with substance abuse for a lot of my teenage years and, yeah. and all through my 20s. And for the first two years of being sober, I, I'd never really spoke a word of it. I was there was a lot of shame. There was, you know, a lot of the trauma that I had caused myself, that I had caused my family. And it was it was not an easy thing to talk about. But as I started being able to share and be a little bit more open and vulnerable, I was able to see the type of impact it was making because there's there's more people than you understand are dealing with very similar challenges. Yeah. And not, you know, just alcohol and weed, but a, a lot more serious things that they're trying to navigate for themselves. Yeah. And when you could talk about that stuff openly, it's, it's not really like a societal thing where we're just talking about all of our problems openly. So people internalize it. And I, me included, I internalized all that stuff and I hid most of all of my addictions from everybody that I knew because I was ashamed of it. And as I've been able to start talking about it and be more open and vulnerable it's been awesome to be able to see the impact that I've been able to make and, and help other people be open with their challenges. And we got to process them. We got to deal with them somehow. And sometimes that's hearing that somebody else has made it out and that there's more for you to believe is possible for you on the other side of the substance abuse. And for me, it was, it was incredible more than I ever thought was that I could imagine back then. It's, it's just continued to get better and better. Yeah. And I want to be that inspiration just like I had an inspiration to get the heck out of that those destructive patterns and do something with my life. And again, you know, kudos because this to take something that's so tragic and sh- you know, shame and all the things that you just described, um but if you can help someone else like, 
you know, not commit suicide or whatever, right? Or go down that trajectory of overdosing. Um, and for parents listening, cause you know, my peers are, are listening to the show. Um, but I have some young listeners too. So if anyone is struggling, like your book could really be the catalyst to create not only the change, or the inspiration, but even the tool, the journey helps other people say, Oh, that makes sense to me. Let me, let me try that. That what he just said worked for him and it resonates with me. Let me try it. I think we don't know how to change until someone approaches us with the key thing that resonates with us, right? Like lose, and I'll use this very silly example of, of, uh, losing weight, right? Every, some people like Weight Watchers, some people like Jenny Craig, whatever it is, but you have to find what works for you because it's not a one size fits all. So you take putting yourself in this vulnerable position, you might hit a whole bunch of people that nothing was out there that resonated with them, you know? So I, I just, I really commend you for taking all of that distress. And creating something that could could be life changing, you know, we need more people like you in the world. And I just love doing the show and having you know peeps like you on uh, because there's hope, right? It, and I think hope is a very powerful thing. If I can understand, well, he went through it and he has a plan of attack. Maybe it'll work for me. That's hope, right? And that's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's when you have a story and you realize that you can make an impact. It, it started to become more of a responsibility and an obligation that I felt yeah. to yeah. share it. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different activities going on out there in the world on social media. And there's this huge entertainment portion of it. And then there's the flashy Lamborghini watches and, and flashing your stacks of money. I'm not necessarily that kind of person and I don't follow those kind of people, but I know that there are the people that are looking to do something better with their lives, both in business and as fathers and husbands or yeah. wives and mothers yeah. that are looking for that inspiration and people to follow. And it's not, it's not just about the money and the bling and the, the entertainment. It's about where, where can I go find some real value and some positivity in my life? Yeah. And if it's, if it's not for me, it, it ended up being, being part of mentor groups and working with coaches and mentors and, and mm. having these people that I could take what they were doing as their, their character and their behavior and what they had done with their lives and embody some of that for myself. But as, as far as the, the book and the social media presence that I have, and I just want to make an impact on people's lives. My favorite part of owning a business. And by the way, it's JKR windows and it's my initials. <laughs> Me and I've okay. got, I'm the oldest of four boys and we all have the same initials, JKR. I love your mom. My kids have the same initials too. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> yes. But there's, you know, there's great money in sales. And I got, you know, originally got involved in sales because I wanted to make more money. I was working my ass off as a mechanic and I was barely making any money. And I'm watching my kids grow up over cell phone pictures. I was miserable. But it, what it turned into, because that, that didn't fire me up to, to keep me out there knocking doors all day long what I found was that I loved being able to help people and make an impact. And now I'm a part of their story. And they mm -hmm. came from also being a mechanic or working at a restaurant or just having some dead end thing that they were doing that was not going to have any future. Yeah. And because they met me and because they were trained by me and because I was at a place where I was patient enough and I encouraged them enough to believe in themselves more than they'd ever believed in themselves before. I changed that person's life. And so the book was also like, man, I could, I could reach way more people than just the people here in my business. Yeah. 
I can get it out there across the entire world. Yeah, and, that's and get amazing. Get on podcasts with with people like Connie that are in Jersey, and now I'm reaching people that are across the entire United States from me. Yeah, I love it, and I like how you also take responsibility um, to say that you know I came out the other side. There's a, there's an element of responsibility in that, right? That call it a gift, a curse, whatever of the journey, but it is a responsibility to share to help someone else right and and tough times are tough and i love how you positioned it you know i saw i was working my butt off um not making the money and now you're making the money but it's not about the money because i think as soon as we shift that paradigm of thinking of i'm chasing the dollars to how can i make an impact the dollars seem to come it's really weird because it's mm. almost counterintuitive right mm. this stuff works in reality do me a favor uh, for me uh, jefferson share some of the key themes or the messages that you want to convey that are in the book right because we want people to buy the book too and be inspired um to just listen to the podcast right we we have listening's great but now let's take some action um and why why are these key segments or pieces of the book so important to you? Okay. So the, one of the big ones for me is the, the mindset. So the first thing that had to happen for me to be open to change was that I had to start believing that there was something else possible for me. Mm. And we all go through, we, and we, we got our own path and we're a part of different groups and we see and observe things going on around us. And I remember going over to a friend's house and they didn't have any carpet. And I walk in and he's like the kingpin of the neighborhood. He's 14 years old and he's selling weed to everybody in the neighborhood. And there's his mom over there and she's just okay with all this going on. And she's a really nice human being. And then as I started meeting more and more of these type of people that are, that it's just okay for us to be hanging around them and partying and drinking and selling weed out of their house. I was like, man, I could really easily just continue to go down this path and end up just like that. And here's Jefferson standing in the kitchen. He's just okay with all this questionable shit going on in his house. And I, I didn't want that to happen. And just over time, into my 20s, into my 30s, like how much further down this path do I want to go? Is this the kind of person that I want to be? I know that there's more possible for me. And if I'm ever going to do something different, I got to change my behavior. I got to change my patterns. I got to change the people that I'm hanging out with. And then it goes straight from your, your mentality and your belief systems to, you know, you don't want to have to have some catastrophic event happen in your life for things to change. Like somebody dies or you get cancer, you get a crazy accident and all of a sudden you're, you're forced to change things in your life. So another thing that I talk about in the book is manufacturing change in your life, recognizing mm. that something needs to change. And for things to change, you have to be the one to control that. And for mm. me, it meant I had to get the hell out of here. If anything is ever going to change, I cannot be around these people anymore. Yeah. I don't have the, the willpower and I love all these people. And I'm going to continue going down the same path with them if I don't remove myself. And so I moved 450 miles away, didn't know anybody except for my aunt and uncle who were extremely religious. And so it was just this complete flip that I had to very intentionally put on myself so things could change. And I started down a new path, a complete change of trajectory. I ended up going to school in a different state. And it, I, I could have kept going down this path. And it's scary to think how easy it is and how many people that we watch do this in our lives yeah. that 
that have the control just like any of us do, but they yeah. just continue to go down this path that they know is not good for them. Yeah. I love that word intentional. Um, you, and, and here's the other thing too, pretty smart. You're a high level thinker that you saw this happening and there, there was that twinge, right? Of this mom with the kids selling weed at 14, thinking nothing of it. And that twinge of, whoa, like what's wrong with this picture? So even as a kid, right, you, you realize something, but sometimes we don't always understand it at that moment. And then, you know, you go into your twenties and thirties and being that higher level thinker, I guarantee, I, well, I don't guarantee, but I, I would bet that that underlying, hmm, I wonder if there's something else. It probably was always there. You might not want to have addressed it. But mm-hmm. then when you did finally think, whoa, wait a minute, what am I doing here? And you became intentional with your choices where you paused and you thought about, I can do A or I could do B, you know, which, which is going to put me on the better path. When you started thinking from that perspective, it almost sounds like that's when the intentionality began. Did I understand that correctly? I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> No, no, I think you're, you're on track and, and most people experience these things throughout their life in their own, in their own ways. You know, not everybody has lived the type of life that I have where I was very early on starting to drink and smoke weed and being around these questionable people. But, you know, there's your version of this may be different and you were around people that were doing things that didn't align with your morals and ethics. And there's these thoughts that are going on in the background that, you're justifying your behavior and who you're hanging out with, but all the while know that it's, it, you know, there's something just doesn't feel right. This maybe doesn't align with who I want to be and what, what I feel like my values are. Yeah. And you either justify it and continue to go down that path, or there is this thought process going on in the background. And, and the reason I remember that of all the things like there's, you know, I've lived a, a crazy life. And of all the things that I remember, I remember walking into that house when I was 16 years old and there was no carpet. And here he is sitting on the couch. Like I've got this vivid picture of it. And it's, it's interesting. If you think back and reflect on those moments that are specific to you, what are the things that you remember? And typically they're kind of tied to what is important to you and what your values are. And if you were in a situation that didn't align with those, they stick out. I've got so many of those that happened that they stick out and they're reminders of what my values are and what's important to me and the person that I want to be and the example yeah. that I want to be to the people around me. Yeah. It's funny. I think it was Steve Jobs and he spoke at one of the Ivy League schools, you know, as the keynote. And he said, you know, everybody asked, like, how did you know, you know, to quit college and whatever, whatever his journey was? And he said, let me just tell you, I had no idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a roll, it was rolling the dice. It's a crapshoot. He said, but as I look back now, you know, as a, as a grown man with, you know, tremendous success, he said, you, you see every step, just like you said, that image of that mom in the kitchen and the, the kid with no carpet sitting on the couch and you're 16. You have those moments where now you look and you go, ah, that had to happen for the next thing to happen for the next thing to happen. That tapestry, right? To bring you where you are today. We, we, it is what it is, right? We can't go back and change it, but I, I sometimes think we needed that for whatever reason, right? Our journey in this lifetime to, to bring all of those like pieces or, or steps forward to bring you where you are today. It's, it, it you know, if you had changed something, you, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? You, you see what I'm saying? It's like these parallel yeah. universes going on out there. <laughs> it is. 
It is. And, and I ask, I have people ask me if I regret the kind of life that I lived because it was, you know, it was partying, it was drinking, smoking weed. Yeah. And it was not something that I was proud of. And I don't share it. I didn't share it. And I don't share a lot of what's happened because it's, there's these shameful feelings that I have about my past. Sure. But I wouldn't change any of it. And I truly don't regret anything that I've gone through and that I've done because I didn't kill anybody. I didn't do anything really extreme. Right. And the reason I say that is because you're exactly right. The, the person that I am, the personality, the character, the confidence, all of these things that have made me who I am today are as a result of all of that shit. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I would never change it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a friend, uh, he's in Maine and he, uh, one of the oldest businesses across the United States, kind of cool. He's a CEO. His dad died young. He's thrown into the CEO position. He's in it for a couple of years and he got um, a voice disorder. So he talks like this now. It, and it was initially extremely painful. And when he started talking about people, he went through this whole transformation of how he ran the business, more successful than any of his ancestors, all these really cool, cool story. But when you talk to him, people say, oh, and he still has this, this, you know, um, disorder. And they say, oh, do you regret it? And he said, I don't regret a minute of it because if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am. My business wouldn't be the people that are employed by me, the people I have an impact on. He does a bunch of non for profit for uh, people on the reservations, um, that are in tremendous poverty. And he's, he's a, oh, he owns a, um, uh, wood, he, uh, trees, he cuts down trees. I call him the lumberjack. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, but he's paying it forward because, and it started with, right. He, he had a nice life. He, you know, his dad died young, which was tragic, but this disorder put him on a different trajectory. So it goes back to what you were saying. Sometimes like you, you made those choices, but then you also made the choice of enough is enough is enough. I'm, I'm going to make a different uh, choice for my trajectory. Um, but we can't go back and change what is. How can we use it to move forward and do good for ourselves, our family, and the people in the world? So I, I love your story. I love your humbleness, your vulnerability, um, and your honesty because it, when we're dishonest, people aren't going to believe you. And then now the whole, the whole paradigm of what you're trying to do, it's garbage, right? It, it's, it's pointless. So yeah. um, I, I really, I'm, I'm honoring you right now because you're being extremely vulnerable and I'm, I'm truly appreciating that. Thank you. It's an important part of the process. Then some people don't have as colorful background as I do, and there's still a need for them to, to recognize where they're at and where they would like to be. Yeah. And in some of the other parts of the book, it's, you know, it starts to talk about, the change that you talk about a lot. The change is, is never ending. The need for your, yourself to be in a place of discomfort at every given moment for you to continue to grow doesn't always have to be like moving away 450 miles, but in business for me to grow now as a leader and a communicator and to continue to make a big impact and yeah. to be relevant in my business, I've got to continue to put myself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And the discomfort. And my ability to just take those things head on and continue to grow is the difference in me being right where I'm at in another five years or having these big, crazy ass goals of mine and being able to reach those because of my ability to be un be comfortable staying uncomfortable. Yeah, I get and I, it. I never want to stop that. And I want to teach everybody else around me in my mm -hmm. organization and in my right. family that it should scare you like it scares me. And I want yeah. to impress that upon you. 
Yeah. It should scare you to get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, when you're comfortable, you're dying, right? When we're not living, when we're really not living our full life, we're dying every day. And that's just not okay. You know, I tease, I, t- I tell my husband, this body, I'm sliding into that coffin. Well, I want to be cremated, but I'm sliding into that coffin with worn out, man. I'm used up because I gave it all during the life, right? You get what I'm saying here. We, we got to put it all out there. Otherwise we're not really living. We're not really experiencing. Do you have any like, Again, your your process, right? Everybody learns differently or or this is going to resonate with certain people and other people, ah, it's not going to work, right? But the people are like, hmm, I'm curious. Do you have unique rituals, habits, or challenges that now reflecting back that really stood out for you in All In, in the book now? You know what? One of the important aspects of continual growth is always having new targets. And I've got I've got big targets in my in my company which drive the rest of my life. So as a father, as a husband, as a communicator, and as a leader, these, these targets that I have in my business to continue to, to level myself up and to reach new heights within our industry and to become more efficient and effective and raise the revenue, as a result of that goal, it's become less about the goal and more about the person and the leader that I'm going to have to become to reach that goal. So, you know, as you were mentioning this earlier, but as you look back over your, your path, you start to recognize some of these patterns and the things that have both caused the, the pain and the discomfort and the things that have helped you be able to grow fast. And that's one of the commonalities is, is I've become a growth minded and goal oriented person. And I wasn't always, and I've, and I've got a, an addictive nature and it, it caused me a lot of trouble in the past, but now I've just got it pointed in the right direction. Exactly. And it's still the same energy that I had. I'm still the same person. Exactly right. But I've, I've just started being able to recognize it and be aware and now very intentional about what I do with all that energy and make sure that it's always pointed in the right direction and that I've got all my calendar filled up with positivity and making an impact and spending that quality time with my family. But being goal oriented and having targets, whether they're big or small, I have both is something that applies to everybody. You know, what's funny, what you just said in that you said, I, I have an addictive personality. See, again, choice. You're at a crossroad. You are who you are. It's how you're wired. It's how your brain, right? It's, it's the neural pathways of your brain. It is what it is. It's a fact, right? You know that. So you can continue to drink and do drugs and whatever. Or you can say, well, let me take the addictive personality. Maybe I could take that energy, right, that that drive and put it towards a business and look at the magic that's happened. That's the crossroad, right? Having an addictive personality, oh, it's my personality, I'm addictive. What do you, well, can you choose something else to be addicted to that, that's good yes. for you? Yes. You the see what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize that. And I didn't realize it for a long time. It was another one of those things that after I looked back and I was able to reflect and just be kind of present and, you know, trying to figure out what this path is and be able to talk about it openly and, and help other people with their path. It really is so powerful. And there's, there's some commonalities between the people that are successful as entrepreneurs and they all have some version of a, an addictive personality. Not everybody gets into drugs and alcohol. It was other things for them. Yeah. But if you can focus that energy 
and just point it in the direction and have your targets and take consistent action and start making room in your life for new habits and discipline by getting rid of the the habits and lack of discipline that are yeah. destructive to you, man, incredible things are possible. It's only been really, it was one month ago and six years that I decided I was done with the drugs and alcohol. It's only been six years. Really? Two months after that, I started my business. So now for the past uh, six years, next month, I will have been running my own business, and we've gone from zero. It was just me. I was doing every job in the company for the first 18 months, and then I started being able to grow and, and communicate better and set better expectations and have a vision and attract incredible people into my business. And now we're, we just finished 2023 at $24 million in revenue nice. with a goal to do $50 million in 2024. Nice. I have over 60 salespeople and an additional... 50 and admin and sales or admin operations and installs. And it's, it's six years, you guys. It's like, it happens so fast. I was just watching a video the other day from a month before I got sober of me just excited about life. And I was making some new changes and I was increasing my activity in sales. I was getting better. I was doing training. I was so excited. And it was like, holy cow, that just seems like it was last week. It went by like that, and my life has completely changed. Who I am is still the same, but my habits, my discipline, what I'm capable of doing as a leader and a communicator has changed significantly because I've been intentional about it. And and really, I, I'm, not, I'm only talking to 5% of people, and what I found is that 95% of people, when they hear this, they're not going to be ready. And some of them will never effing be ready, and it's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. But it's not worth the energy of focusing on the 95% when I know that there are 5% of people yeah. that are going to be ready and they've had some of these feelings already and they're just waiting for some validation and they're looking for something to inspire them. The spark. That spark. And all of a sudden I can relate to this guy. If he can do it, I know I can do it. Yeah. Look at this goofy guy with a bald head and his crooked ass <laughs> teeth. If, if this guy can do it, he's nothing special. I didn't go to college. Why not you? You know, the other thing that uh, you're cracking me up because you're, you're, I hope you know how profound you are and what you're saying. You know, you're like, you're young, you're a young man, but you, you really have this very old soul, I feel, because you're, um, the other thing that you, you said, uh, six years went by so fast. And when my kids, like, if they're trying to do something, oh, it's going to take too long. And this is my answer every time, Jefferson. I said, dude, here's the deal. Three years from now, is that three years going to come? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the same as you are now or three years you're going to say, oh, that three years went so fast. And now look, I have that other degree certification. I have new experience, Wh whatever I travel, whatever it is, the time is going to pass people. Where do you want to be one year, three yeah. years, six years? And your, your point is so well taken, like six years blink and you think, what the heck just happened? But look at in that six years, we think, oh, I don't have enough time. You know, I hear people my age saying, oh, I don't have enough time. You don't have enough time. 
but if, yeah, if you keep procrastinating, you're right, you're going to run out of time. But if you live and you show up and you're intentional every day, you look back a year from now and you think, holy crap, I grew, I did that and I did that and I did that. We stop, I think, Jefferson, we forget to stop and do what you just did, which, see, again, profound, look back and say, holy crap, guys, in six years, do you see what I've accomplished? In six years, six years is not a a huge amount of time. And yet look at what you have accomplished in that. That's what that, those habits, that intentionality, all of that. And you put it in a book for everybody. We're, we're out of time. I, I still have more questions in my head, but I can't ask them because we're out of time. <laughs> I want to be mindful of your calendar. And of course the listeners, uh, attention span, you know, we could go down this, this rabbit hole forever. So anything else you want to leave us on Jefferson? Because I, I think you're brilliant. I think you, you, you're profound. You're profound, my friend. Is there anything else that you just want to say right at the end to give that punch for people to take action? It doesn't have to start all at once. So what I find so often people doing is they make this huge list of goals. And in 2024, I'm going to accomplish all of these things and it's going to change my life. And then I talk to them a few weeks later and I ask them how it's going and they're, they're discouraged and you can see it written all over their face that it's, it's not going well. And the, the one thing that I think I did was I had a lot of goals and I had a lot of things that I wanted to do. And once I started to get some momentum, I even had more. I kept adding to the list. Here's all <laughs> the things I want to do. But I started small. And the very first thing that I started doing, as silly as it seems, is I just started getting up 30 minutes earlier. And then once I got up 30 minutes earlier, it made a little bit extra time in my day to start doing something with that 30 minutes. And I started reading. And I always wanted to read. And I remember having a conversation with my mom and my wife on one drunken evening. And I said, I want to start reading. I started bawling my eyes out. I, like, I wanted it so bad. I wanted change. And I, I wanted to be an impress. I wanted to make an impression on my wife and on my mom and on my kids. But I just started small. I had a, I had a huge list, but I didn't let that huge list deter me from getting started and just taking some consistent action. And anybody can start today with something small, whether it's you need to get up 30 minutes earlier or you start reading one page or you start doing one push-up. The key is that you don't wait another day and don't let another day go by that you don't start at least one of those items on your list. And if you haven't started the list, then that's your first action step. I love it. That is so, again, just freaking amazing. It's so funny, as you were saying, like get up 30 minutes so you can read. I'm giggling because right? So we don't have time and we have to. So how do you carve that out? Right. You have, you, have, you still had a busy life, right? With the kids and everything. So 30 minutes can change the trajectory. Have you read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? I sure have. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. He was watch. you should watch. He was on my show. Um, he's freaking br- another brilliant guy, but he started because he was ill as a child. And how did he come out of that? And it's the same, just what you said. That one degree of change, that one little doing one push-up. I mean, we're talking like micro change, but you do those micro changes and you stack them, all of a sudden your trajectory becomes um, tremendously different. So yeah, I just, I'm loving what you're saying. Change doesn't have to be difficult. I think we make it difficult because of our brain. I can't do it because we like making excuses versus saying, well, all right, I'm a little apprehensive. I think this guy and Connie are out of their freaking minds right now. I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier. I kind of like that idea. 
start with something so simple, stupid, it works. And that's how we, and then you said, then it was like, Ooh, I want more. I want more and more. And then we, we, we go up that, that catapult of change becomes um, exponential uh, because you're motivated, right? It's that whole energy shift um, that happens. Jefferson, you're a delight. Can I tell you, thank you so much uh, for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're a joy. Everyone, please, please, if this is resonating with you, I'm going to give you some info. I'll put it in the show notes, of course. Email Jefferson, jefferson at jkrwindows.com. Website, jefferson, uh, jeffersonkrogers.com, Rogers, plural. And then a free gift. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's uh, Bryn Strain at jkrwindows.com and you put in it relentless in the uh code and uh you have a bunch of stuff right you would tell tell everybody what they get if they get the uh if they go in and and send uh bryn the um relentless you know the little code so i'll give you a free copy of the book and i'll do a 15 minute coaching call with you as well and appreciate everybody tuning in you can find me on also on instagram at jefferson k rogers and the book, All In, Get Unstuck, Accelerate, and Go Further Faster. It's available on Amazon. And actually, three days ago, it just went live on Audible. And I'm, I'm the narrator. It turned out fantastic. So I would highly oh. suggest the Audible. Oh, Jefferson, I'm so glad that you did it because uh, the Audible, sometimes if the author doesn't, some, the author's bad, right, at narrating, don't do it. But I think when you put your, it's your words, like there's soul behind the, the reading yes. of it. Oh, I love it. Congrats. Powerful. Thank so you. So proud of you, my friend. I'm so proud of you. I can't even stand it. You're not even my kid or anything. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on. I truly enjoyed this conversation. You've inspired me. Truly, truly, you've inspired me. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, Connie. Really my pleasure. Guys, everything will be in the show notes. Check them out. Read the book. Uh, share it with someone if they're struggling with anything, right? Sharing is caring. You, you heard it. Um, have them listen to the podcast and or buy the book for them. Um, but change is inevitable if we propel it forward. Um, thank you again, Jefferson. Thank you for listening um, to me, Connie Whitman on Enlightenment of Change on webtalkradio.com. You know, my listeners, you know, I am inspired to have you join us every week. And it inspires me to find amazing guests like Jefferson to just share the wealth out there. It's This is such an amazing platform, uh, being a podcaster, that we get to meet. I get to meet these amazing people, but I get to share them with you because change is everywhere, but we have to make a choice. And I love Jefferson's word, intentional. Just be intentional about it. Information's a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's just simply information. Start applying it. Man, oh, man, look at Jefferson's story. Magic happens on the back end. Uh, Jefferson, once again, thank you. Thanks for joining me, guys. I love you all. I'll see you next week. Have a great week. Be inspired, man. Be inspired. Go take on the world. You got this. I love you. Bye.